When Scott Davenport became the head coach at Bellarmine University, who knew it would lead him to the Division I level? That's how big of an impact he's had on the program. I'm Matt Majinski, and welcome to CBB Review Courtside. It's Season 3, Episode 15 already. And now we bring in Coach Davenport. Coach, first off, uh, how are you doing this summer? How's the offseason been so far for you? Well, we don't ever stop. So if you don't stop, you don't ever have to start again. Um, actually, our players return to campus on June the 5th. We had two weeks of camp. Our camps are old school camps. They're nine to four. We go through stations, a, a lot of fundamentals, a lot of demonstration, incredible tempo, a lot of enthusiasm. So we went weeks one and two. We had camp. Our players arrived between 6 and 6.15 in the morning. And that's then on the court, 6.30 to 8, um, or in the weight room, 8 to 8.30 is breakfast. 8.30, campers start arriving. Camp's 9 to 4. We have some players uh, in, uh, in school. Virtually, we have them leaving camp to go to class and back. We have three off-campus internships. Then 4.30 to 6, uh, we will use our on-court time. And that could be through groups of small group instruction, or that could be full practice. And it's been incredible. Uh, we had two weeks, then we were off for three weeks, which we continued our individual instruction. Between sessions of summer school, they went home last week, but, but half of them were here. And now we've got three weeks left. Uh, we got two weeks of camp. We do 240 plus kids a week. And it's, it's a lot of moving parts. But if you think about these kids, Matt, it was 2019, the last time they could have a fully a no restriction type camp. And when we met with our players, we said they're either going to be incredibly, incredibly attentive because they don't want to mess it up. Or they're just going to be wow. They have been great. Uh, th these kids have been great. They appreciate it. And our staff, our coaches, our players, um, it's been a labor of love, no doubt about it. Well, Coach, I mean, I remember the days of camp when I used to do that growing up, uh, you know, middle school and high school. How does it help your players, though, the guys actually on your roster? That's a great question. If you don't block out very well, you're going to teach blocking out in camp. <laughs> there's no question about that. Oh, there's no doubt about that. If you don't front face in the low post, you're going to teach inside shooting. I mean, no, that's exactly. That's a great question. Uh, that is what we do. And you know, and let me say this, as we're now into our fifth week uh, or sixth week, understand we had those two recruiting weekends, Friday through Sunday in June. We were both here. We were here. We were in Indianapolis or we were in Cedar Point in Ohio. And then last week, we then we were in Indianapolis here in Kentucky. Then the AAU weekends, we were in Atlanta, Rock Hill and Charlotte. So yeah, it's, uh, it's quite intense, but it's, again, um, I think when you coach players that are appreciative, you know, if you walk into a classroom and everybody in your classroom wants to learn, you're going to have a great day as a teacher. And, and, and that's why we're very, very fortunate. Well, coach, uh, we're going to get to uh, this upcoming season uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. I did want to start off a little bit about your background for the people that don't know Bellarmine, don't know uh, Scott Davenport. You signed up for this job. You've obviously been coaching at Bellarmine for quite some time now. Did you ever imagine, though, that it would lead 
to the place that you guys are right now, specifically the division one level? Well, there's a saying that's very powerful. You know, you're never given the ability to dream without being given the power to make those dreams come true. And that should spur you on every day and you work and you work, but the players, the coaches, the, the journey from 05, the spring of 05 to where we are now uh, has been incredible. And I'll give you an example of how much I appreciate it. Three years ago, we did a, a total renovation expansion of our locker room facility. Uh, there's a reception area that for, for families, uh, recruits, et cetera, business people. There's a locker area, there's a refueling area, and there's a video area. And it just so happened, our first game that fall, we played, we were division two. We were, we played a, played a Friday, Saturday here at home. And I brought back my first three captains, Matt Miller, Calvin Fowler, and, and Kyle Thrasher. And the reason, because they understood the before and after. So they were with our players Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, being as strong and forceful from a standpoint, this is incredible you guys don't realize what it was year one. And they were there, all three of them, before I got here. So they really understood. Well, I think you say, well, how does that really relative? Our locker room right now, uh, let's say you came in here Friday afternoon after camp, you would think there had been a cleaning crew in there. That's how much pride. And I think that started by those three captains. Kyle and Matt and, and Calvin coming back and instilling in our players how fortunate they were. And, and I'm very proud of that. That obviously shows, uh, you know, how much you've been able to build this program coach. But I mean, I got to be honest, though, it's got to be difficult because you're at the D2 <laughs> level getting these guys to buy in. I mean, how do you do it when it's not, you know, you got Division One and everyone you know, especially at power conferences, they're looking at the NBA, they're looking at March Madness and the glory of that. How do you do it at Division Two, though? Well, I think the biggest law start in, in college athletics, not just basketball, is the ability to judge talent. And when I say judge talent, you know, caring is a very special talent. Uh, that individual who's for lack of a better, he's obsessed with being the best he can be, be it in a classroom, be it on the court, be it in society, being as a teammate, as a son, as, as a future, you know, husband, a father. And we, we put a lot of emphasis, but when I get, when I give a corporate talk and you ask that question and that gets asked of me almost every single time, how did a team, you inherited a team won nine games and six years later, you win a national championship. You go to four final fours, you go to division one, pick last, you play for the championship. The next year you win the conference championship. How? How? They think I'm a diagram some magical play. <laughs> the greatest recruiters in this program, hands down, and I mentioned about re recruiting and evaluation of talent being a all-star, the greatest recruiters in this program are players. Because if you show me a, 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 a medical practice of five doctors, and those five doctors are just lights out there. They're thorough. They're great. They're passionate. They, they're innovative. Well, that sixth doctor wants to join that team. 
same with attorneys or, or CPAs or whatever. Well, the greatest recruiters in our programs are players. And what happens then, you recruit players who want to become you. One of the challenges in college athletics right now, a lot of players want you to become them. There's a big difference. Well, it's easy to see how that was able to uh, to happen when you put it that way. But, you know, then it does happen, actually. And I, I love that quote that you used about, you know, dreaming and how you have to really work for your goal. Um, because, you know, you're like you said, you're given the ability to dream for a reason. But that dream actually happened for you guys. You do make the Division One, um, the jump to D1. What was kind of the reaction uh, for you and you and your players on that team heading into the next season? that, hey, we're, we're jumping up to the next level? The last year in Division II, uh, the spring of 2020, that season starting in August of 19 was the most difficult season I've ever coached in my life, period. And, and here's why. So on June 17th of 19, the university had a massive celebration. It took in this whole community. We're a Division One program. July 1st, we're a member of the A-Sun. Off we go, right? So our players came back to campus, and I was probably as forceful and loud and aggressive as I've ever been as a coach. And I can get quite emotional in that they would never hear one syllable out of anyone associated with our staff about Division One. Alex Cook, Parker Chitty, Ben Wire, Chris Palmbezio were seniors. So if you're Alex Cook's dad and you go somewhere in Louisville and somebody brings up that your son plays at Bellarmine, what would that person, what would the first thing they would say? Oh, they're going Division One, right? And how would you have to answer that? Not me. My son's a senior. And I owed it to those seniors. So we never uttered a syllable. That was their senior year. It's supposed to be four of the greatest years of your life in college. Well, we made the NCAA tournament for the 12th consecutive year. That's the third longest streak in the history of Division II basketball. We're on spring break. We had a very spirited Film session, practice, more film. We left campus because the dining facilities were closed. We went to a local country club. Thursday's fried chicken night. We're going to have this great dinner, team dinner. We're leaving the next morning for the NCAA tournament. And the NCAA tournament's canceled. And that's where we were in that meeting. So you're going to the tournament. You've practiced. You're going to practice the next morning, get on the bus, you're ready to go, and that's where it ended. And so the whole big picture, though, throughout that year as a staff, what are we doing? We're scheduling for the next year, Division One, totally different schedule. We're recruiting, totally different. We are preparing for a totally different conference schedule. New cities, new venues, uh, new forms of transportation, and you're, you're still doing that with your same balance of, of academics and keeping everything in order with these unbelievable new demands. Oh, that was going on the year before. 
not the year of, but we're still coaching those kids to the NCAA tournament. Most difficult year I've ever coached in my life. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about, obviously, for the players that do get to make that jump, how great it was for them. But uh, obviously for the guys like you mentioned that were seniors and with everything that happened with COVID coach, that had to be very difficult. Um, again, this is former, uh, or excuse me, this is Bellarmine basketball head coach Scott Davenport, and you're listening to CBB Review Courtside. We're going to be right back and talk a little bit about the team outlook coming up for next season. Stick with us. Back here on CBB Review Courtside, again, Scott Davenport with us. Already talked a little bit about what led to this point. If you don't know Bellarmine basketball, you probably should at this point because they've made the jump to D1 in a tremendous way. Um, Already two straight winning records to start out at the D1 level. Coach, I don't know if you had any uh, goals set in mind when you guys did reach division one. Like, I don't know if you said, okay, we want to have our first 20 win season by this year, whatever it might be. But how do you think these first two years have gone to what you uh, maybe would have imagined? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to play the game of basketball. But the first lesson you learn in coaching is there's more than one way to be successful. It's the first lesson you ever learn. But there's still a right way and a wrong way to play. And, and from a fundamental standpoint, that won't change if you're playing in the NBA or in junior high school. So we have great confidence in, in what we teach, the way we teach it. But again, the credit goes to the players who value what we teach. And, you know, confidence, I don't care if you're going into an exam, if you're if you're going into a marriage, I don't care if you're going into a, a game plan, you know, Louisville or Kentucky or UCLA or confidence only comes from one place, and that's being prepared. So we, we kept our focus. And you hear the word, culture all the time now in sports. And and I'm not argumenting, but I kind of go a different direction. We utilize the word program because to me, that means you have by definition a plan. So we have a plan. We have a plan academically, we have a plan athletically, be it in the weight room, in the locker room, on the court, watching film. We have a plan socially. So all we did you know, the competition obviously was the highest in the land, but I think our players drew great confidence from being prepared and taking pride in being prepared. They deserve the credit, no doubt about it. Well, again, you guys finished 14 and eight in that first season, also affected by COVID last year. I mean, affected a little bit by COVID again, but uh, really the first full season that we've had in college basketball in quite some time other than that two or three week period in uh, in December, but you guys go 20 and 13. So you guys have put together two real strong seasons. Um, you mentioned earlier how the toughest season, the most difficult season that you've had to coach was that one three years ago, but obviously you guys got some pretty tough news last year. When you win the Atlantic Sun Championship, you're not able to play in the NCAA tournament or the NIT. Uh, obviously coach, it's that's long gone. You know, It's not like I'm looking for a reaction 
on that. I just really want to know what the reaction was like for your players when they found out about it um, and, and what, what it was like in the locker room when you guys had to have that discussion. Well, you went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. The locker room on March the 8th at 7 p.m. after the ASUN Conference Tournament Championship was arguably the most powerful locker room I've ever been in in my life. I've been in locker rooms as a state championship coach. I was in locker rooms as a high school. I was in locker rooms as a high school coach that lost in overtime in a state championship. And these games were played in front of 19 and 20, 22,000 people. I was in a locker room at Louisville when we won a, 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 an Elite Eight game to advance to a Final Four. Then in the Final Four, you get beat. And, and those are powerful locker rooms, a national championship locker room, Final Four locker rooms, where maybe you won it or you came up short. But that locker room on March the 8th was incredible because everybody there ran up that ramp, knowing we were not going to be in the NCAA tournament. But, but we had been led and told the, the NIT was, was in play and that was our next step. But all the focus was on celebrating each other. We, we had a senior, Ethan Claycomb. He, uh, he went out of his way. And I, I kind of slowly eased back to the back corner of the locker room. I, I just wanted to watch him. And he went out of his way to recognize, compliment, and thank a freshman named Ben Johnson. He was Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky in 2021. Mr. Basketball. But he took a red shirt because he's in a five-year MBA program. Well, you know, if I'm going to get my MBA, I'd rather have somebody else pay for it than me. I, I, I start out ahead of the game, right? So Ethan Claycomb is going out of his way because the last month of the season, Ben Johnson was as good a player as it was in the gym. And he thanked Ben for keeping everybody so driven and so having to prepare because he was so awesome at practice. We're going to play a second. We had players, captains, going out of their way to acknowledge and appreciate and, and bring in into the into the celebration our managers. We don't score a point just to thank them. So the, the tone was everybody was celebrating each other. Nobody grabbed their jersey. Oh, look what I just did. They were celebrating each other. And that's incredibly powerful. So that night when I was, I was changing clothes after the game, and it hit me when everybody wants the same thing and is willing to do, no matter what it takes to achieve it, sacrifice, dedication, no matter what, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and, you know, then the next meeting we have, our season's over. But I vowed to them that I would explore and, and I would exhaust every potential possibility of getting this rule changed. And I have done it. It has consumed my life. I probably have more educated on legislative uh, processes of the NCAA than any coach in any sport in the United States, trust me. Um, but that's because the day I took this job, it was very simple. Put the players first. That was it. 
and nothing's changed and nothing will change. The day I don't, I will not be the coach at all. Well, coach, it's been clear to me at this point, obviously, we know uh, how great this Bellarmine uh, team has been and become really over the years uh, at both levels, transitioning from D2 into D1 now. And it's not about the culture, it's about the program that you've instilled at Bellarmine. But given that, taking that all into consideration, you know, there's some, there's some pretty good players that won't be back on the roster next season. So, I mean, what's the outlook looking for for year three? Well, it, again, it's having a program. So our plan won't alter. Um, you know, success breeds success. And the most impressive thing since we've back together at the end of the school year, then on now into the summer period, is I've seen growth beyond my wildest dreams. And I attribute that. They saw players ahead of them, players beside them, experience success and, and now they are full throttle ahead and again it goes back that means you have a plan and that's when you have a program makes total sense coach um obviously this is a team to keep an eye on in the atlantic sun i want to end on this though you know how can this program continue to be at the top of the A Sun because we know it's not going to be easy. And, and obviously in this day and age with conference realignment, everything factored in, I mean, it's always going to be changing year to year. I know that you've instilled some consistency to your team, your, uh, your program, but I mean, what, what's kind of the ultimate goal, I guess, that you see uh, this program becoming? Well, the, the ultimate goal will be to, stay ahead of every change necessary by putting the players first, doing whatever it takes to, to better them. But the ultimate goal um, would be you see that Sunday night and, and this university on CBS in the NCAA tournament. And this, this comes from someone who grew up here who was at the University of Louisville, coached high school in this community, um, and has seen this program grow from day one. I can't imagine how I would exhaust myself to get every single former player and coach involved. Because the day I took the job, I looked at our president then, Dr. Jay McGowan, in the eye, and he goes, is there anything you need to say? I said, yes, sir, Dr. McGowan, it will take everybody. And it has. None of this is done alone. And, and if we could get to that point, I don't know how I would do it. I would bankrupt myself to get every former player, coach, and manager in this facility to, to share that because it takes everybody. Well, coach, you know, I don't need to tell you this, but it's clear that it can be done. I'm a, I'm a New Jersey guy, and we see how far St. Peter's made it last year. So, I mean, it can be done, and you guys clearly have uh, – I mean, you have clearly instilled um, a belief in this program that is really like none other. I mean, you guys have obviously been at the top of the ASUN since you've been in, and I don't see that falling off anytime soon. So, um, Coach, um, anything else that you wanted to share? Yeah, I'm going to leave you with this. Yeah. Every, word, every year we say one word in every huddle, but that word always comes from the players. 
it wouldn't be good if it came from us because that that's not genuine. So three years ago, the word was trust with the highlighted U and S in the word trust, trust us. Then we went to visual one. It was rise because we were, we were obviously making a quantum leap. So year three, it was belief. And we see what happened last year. So there were this year, and I'll leave you with this. It's win. But win stands for what's important now. So that'll be today. And we'll end on that note as well. Thank you, Coach, for, uh, for joining us here on CBB Review Court, Sud. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. If we can ever do anything, let us know. Yes, 100%. And uh, again, thank you guys all for listening uh, to our podcast. Make sure to tune in and let us know who and what you want to hear next.